By the way, I spilled beer, and like your your computer just like soaking in beer. <laughs> I mean, the, the, I, I can't lie; it is. Brunch, hit it, boys. Welcome to shitty Dear Evan Hansen preview. Shitty NHL Dear Evan Hansen preview. It's called Beer Evan Hansen. We decided this beforehand, and it's a great idea. Evan Hansen. It is a great idea. Ellen and I had it out the other day, and we got to the bottom of it really quick. If you listen to the last episode, uh, there was some, (laughs) some confusion, I think only on my part. Over how Ellen receives my ideas. No, I think that I did a bad job of explaining why she had a, such a negative reaction to the beer Evan Hansen. And yeah. it was because I was like, you said this it was is the-, the most genius idea of all time. And it's like Tesla, uh, electricity, beer Evan Hansen. And she was like, in that no, order, chronologically. <laughs> right. She was like, so you're just going to get drunk and review beer Ev- or dear Evan Hansen. Yes. Yes. So, like, what's the problem? Yeah, like, what, like, why aren't you on board with this? The best part of this... Nah, we haven't even gotten to the best part. Who knows? We haven't done it yet. Uh, Tom Brady, favorite Super Bowl is the next one. Tom Brady said that. Wayne Gretzky, Michael Scott. Is that we are on location. We are at one of our favorite breweries, Idle Hands, in Malden, Massachusetts, which, pound for pound, is as good a brewery as you will find. I've probably talked many a time about the Four Seam IPA. This is the place that does it. It's the best. It's also the place that uh, you tore your MCL in a dunk tank. Correct. You told that story on brunch on, before. On a brunch uh, on a Patreon yes. episode. Yeah. So if you guys want our medical histories, hit the brunch Patreon. Uh, this is Beer Evan Hansen, where we uh, we've had a few. Uh, we, we've had some. Whatever. We're some adult. on We're location. Over Twenty-one. So. Oh. Oh. We've done. Um. I don't know. I don't. I don't. I don't know how many episodes we've done where we're like, we're drunk. Other than wine, actually. Right. That was like an intent. That's like, let's get like, that was, let's get us fired up by seeing this thing. Let's get us more fired up by, I think that this is, I think that this is probably the first episode on record where we're like, we are going to drink alcohol for this episode. Yeah. Like it's part of the, part of the thing. We've done a lot of, Want a beer episodes? Yes. And you don't know that unless you're a Patreon person. You see the video. But also, like, Friday Night Lights was a big, like, this is a party. Yeah. We're, we're like, sitting around a table. We're having Lone Stars. We're going to talk about Friday Night Lights. That was, like, part of the, part just part of the experience. But it, <laughs> I don't think that it meant many a time it's been, like, we're going to get drunk and talk or about Or, like, this. one of us is drunk or yeah, something yeah, like yeah. that. I don't think we've really had those. Um, I... <laughs> watched a Friday Night Lights episode the other day and just like texted you stream of consciousness as I was watching it because I was pretty buzzed. Friday Night Lights. I'm not telling any tales out of school. That's got some ridiculous stuff. And we're going to talk about Dear Evan Hansen, which has the most ridiculous stuff. Yeah. But Friday Night Lights, like the idea that there's this quarterback who is hanging on a thread, like is not good at quarterback, gets a job because 
of a tragedy. It's the only reason he's the quarterback. And like, there are other quarterbacks who are more capable than him, such as Ray Voodoo Tatum and J.D. McCoy. And he just barely, like, it takes every little miracle in life for him to maybe have a chance of being the starting quarterback. And he fucks the coach's daughter. Immediately. He was it's like, like first order of business. <laughs> He's like, okay, I have lucked into the best hand of all time. How can I make this better and give myself a better chance? Oh, I'm going to have sex with a coach's, not youngest daughter, because he just had a newborn. Right. But, like, his current his current baby. Insane. And what... The, the, some other things happen in that, but this isn't the Friday Night Lights episode <laughs> yet. This Friday is, Night Lights, which... Friday Night Lights was so good, and like the, the Friday Night Lights episodes were so good because that is a show that is so imperfect and so ridiculous that we enjoyed it, but we also like could identify the ridiculous things. I think that a lot of that translates to Beer Evan Hansen and Dear Evan Hansen. A thousand percent. Because it is the most preposterous plot of a movie I think that we've watched in a long time and I'd watched Don't Breathe 2 like two weeks ago this was like a lot of wait I didn't sign up for this plot like whoa 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 hold on like if I knew that this was what the plot was I had a basic understanding of it but there are some real challenges in there that you're like whoa I'm like taking notes during this like I've got a lot of things I got frozen cookie dough bites like I didn't think i was gonna have all this on my plate this is a real like kiss movie uh kiss keep, keep it simple stupid oh like this movie don't don't do that doesn't do that at all it, it, it does takes, do kisses shout out evan and zoe hey, yeah. Ooh, i see hey, you yeah. too young love okay um before we get to dear evan hansen um, we're sober so far, by the way. So the, the, before the, the beer, Evan, we're gonna we'll drink later. And I'm just kidding. But yeah, I we've had a few be- drinks. I remember at the beginning of wine. Actually, we discussed that the phenomenon the of like when you're like, if like you know you're getting drunk that night, that it's like the first sip kind of makes you drunk. Well, it's it's just like a general silliness like of like like you can be really silly because like everybody knows that you're going to be drunk in five minutes anyway. Right. So uh, but we have housekeeping. Uh, of course, get the Vineyard Nights candles if you haven't yet. Those things burn so good. They smell so good. But the big news we have is that Friday's bonus episode will be a new idea that is right up our alley. The way I put it on Twitter is it's such a good idea. I feel bad that we're the ones executing it. Like, I wish that, like, should we have, like, sold this idea to somebody else. So like Lights Camera Podcast. Like hit up like the ringer and they're like, okay, so so you want to do this podcast? I would like, sell, no, no, I would like, sell anything your to the people. ringer. Okay, so hit up Lights Camera Podcast, <laughs> yeah. whomever of like, all right, this is the podcast idea. And they're like, okay, who do you want on it? Like who else do you want? And we're like, what, what's else? We, we're hands off. Yeah. We are, we're EPs on this. <laughs> like we're giving this to you because we know we're not equipped to handle it. We want it in good hands. It is called, do we say it? Yeah. It's we're, called Tomato Fights. And the premise is you take two movies that this is such a good idea. You take two movies that have the same Rotten Tomatoes score and put them up against each other. The first episode of that will be Friday featuring, I don't know, Katie Nolan. That's right. <laughs> Unbelievable. Katie Nolan rolling through. We are going to uh, we are going to discuss 
Has been on brunch, but has never uh, been on brunch to discuss movies, which I'm very excited about. No. Because I, like, uh, I feel like Katie Nolan could have some very unique takes on movies that we, we would not get to places that she would. Yeah. She has a weird brain. That, that, I mean, that's one of many reasons she's, she's the best. Um, there is also something that's kind of up the brunch slash Katie Nolan uh, universe's alley that came out recently. I don't know if you saw. There was a, there was a, it was either a Discord or it was a Reddit thing. I don't know what you kids do these days. But somebody asked for advice. They were ner- very, dear Evan Hansen, they were nervous to talk to a girl. And they, say, they said, how do I talk to a girl? And the person said... Put on headphones. The person said, you just be yourself, be cool. And you're like, okay, that's it. And they continued comment on something that's going on and then you're in a conversation. For example, did you see the fight that just happened over there? And then you're in a conversation. <laughs> it was, how many boys Why was there a fight <laughs> happening? Uh, but, well, we can bring that up with Katie, but um, the, the tomato fight this week is going to be <laughs> beloved romantic comedy Jerry Maguire, which is an 84 on Rotten Tomatoes, Versus 2009 political thriller State of Play, which both features Ben Affleck and is an 84 on Rotten Tomatoes. That is, uh, I I push for this matchup. Yeah, this was yeah. There were we had we had matchups to choose from, and this was like Pete was like I had I pushed for this matchup. Uh, a, a lot of it was because I want Katie's takes on Jerry Maguire, like as a sports person. Yeah, I think that Katie could have really good takes on like. The football dynamic of Jerry Maguire. I love this. And, Let's pass the buck to Katie. And, and, Put a uh, pressure on her. What's like? What's the guy's name who plays um, Cuba Gooding Jr.? No, no, uh, Jerry McConnell. Is Jerry McConnell in this movie? Is he, he the he kid, play, he the play, quarterback? He plays the number one pick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I, I'm very curious to see like what sort of takes we have Isn't on the sports aspects. He's Jerry a, O'Connell. I Jerry think O'Connell. He's the guy in the. So you, do you know what I identify? him with and we'll talk about this friday on tomato fights patreon.com slash listen to brunch i identify when i see him i think heartbreaker mariah carey no you know that music video maybe great song great music video he's the uh he's the guy in it okay also i realized uh qb1 matt saracen was do you know that he was the guy in a taylor swift video i did know that yeah did you not ask him that when we had him on? I don't think so, no. Wow, we must have been... Did you know that uh, Lincoln from Prison Break was the guy in a Taylor Swift video? Really? No, he was a guy in a Mariah Carey video. Wow. Oh, yes, yeah, really, yeah, like, oh, yeah. Crossing wires here, yeah, yeah. Yeah. God, he, yeah, he was hot in that video, too. I can't remember what song it is, but... I remember they, were, they like, got married. They were walking down a staircase. Wow. So it was, uh, so it was he like a hot and heavy video. He played the Nick Cannon role That's right. in that music video. So, Friday, tomato fights. We're getting some art made up for it. Like, this is... A little, it's a big deal. I'm, I'm, I'm excited about this it. This is a good idea. And so, like, the, the Jerry Maguire aspect was one part of it, but also, like, Ben Affleck being on the other side is yeah. a big part of it for us. The cool thing about this is there is no database that says what movie ratings are. So... We're a, finding these movies and their ratings kind of are like our own. mindless thing is just, like, think of a movie... Find on Rotten Tomatoes. We made a. We have like a little uh, document. It's like a database, and put in the scores, and then just click. A, like when you start on whatever movie, you just click around, and it'll take you to all these right. different movies, and you just put in random. Even if you never heard and, of them, and like 
how do you compare one movie with one rating to another movie with like that rating? It doesn't necessarily have to be anything related to it. Yeah. Like you said, romantic comedy, political thriller. Yeah. How do you compare them? I think that's going to be part of the fun. Also, I think that like if uh, if the listeners want to get in on it and totally. suggest like suggest things, yeah, please. Here, or even if you're even if you're not suggesting a matchup, suggest like, hey, I want to hear uh, a comparison of this movie. Here's the rating, right? Because what made this matchup attractive to me is I think it's going to be fun when like quote unquote prestige movies are involved because there are, we do have and, some matchups that are like I, what is it is uh, Ocean's Eleven has the same rating as another big one. I forget what it is. Uh, you, it was, um, uh, shit. Uh, something about Mary oceans 11 and something about Mary have the same rating, which is like, that's interesting because like you said, like those movies kind of come from different worlds, but I think it's going to be a cool way for us to get into discussions about big movies. And then also like state of play is way more of a brunch movie than it is. Like, if we'd sold this podcast to somebody else, they're not doing... St- they, they, they don't want, like, a random Ben Affleck movie. We do. <laughs> Absolutely. And I think that if we're going to be critical of a movie, it might be like... We might be more critical of a sports movie than we would anything else. Yeah. So, we don't often do, like, a like an end game sort of series. Like, or, like... Or any sort of, like, end game content. Where, right, like, like, we're doing this content the to find an answer. But, like, uh, for Tomato Fights... The goal is to pick the better movie yeah. or the movie that we like more and identify why, I guess. So it's going to be vo- it's going to be fun. Last thing, we've got trailers to talk about. Specifically, Licorice Pizza has dropped its trailer, which if you don't know what Licorice Pizza is, I don't know if we knew the name of this, I but we not. told you at some point there was a Paul Thomas Anderson movie coming that involved Alana Heim. And before we watched the trailer, we checked in on, like, what our memory was of it. Because I'd kind of forgotten about it. But you were just like, I knew it was Paul Thomas Anderson and that, like, I knew th- they I were saw- letting a Heim in on it. Yes. So I, I knew that it was Paul Thomas Anderson and I knew that he was uh, having one of the Heim sisters in, in the movie. I just assumed that it was Danielle. I assumed that Danielle <laughs> Why would, be- would you assume that? Just Obvious like, reasons, I guess. Star of the family. Yes, yeah. yeah. Uh, I assume that it was Danielle, and I also assume that it was just, like, a passing role. Like, like nothing that the movie would hinge on. You were, you, hey, you did end up being right about that. Because Danielle is in the movie. True. Yeah. And, it, and she is in a passing role that seemingly wouldn't hinge on. But I didn't realize that uh, Alana is the starring lead. So my memory of it, I was like... I was like, I know it's Alana... And I think she's, like, important to it. I don't know how big a role, but, like, I think that, like, she's, like, one of the players. Important is different. She, important is different than being, like, 50% of this movie. She is the lead. At the end of the trailer, so we saw, if you haven't seen the trailer for Licorice Pizza, please check it out. We both tweeted it out. Uh, it says at the end, Alana Heim first. Because if you had just seen any of the other stuff in the trailer, you know... David Bowie ain't starring in the movie. He's dead. But all the trailer is is Alana Heim and Life on Mars by David Bowie. And I'll tell you, dude, that's the best trailer I've seen in so long. It is a really good trailer. It um, There's, like, one thing that gives me hesitation, and it just seems like 
it seems very hard on like the uh, almost famous angle. Yeah. I, so like the guy looks exactly like the kid from Almost yes. Famous. Has the same goddamn haircut. It's sort of like a similar. It seems like a. I don't know the movie, but it seems like a similar dynamic where it's like a guy trying to win over uh, like a a girl who has way more power and like clout than yeah. him and age and, she, and age <laughs> and is way cooler and is like a cool musician like. It seems very almost famous. Imagine being tasked with trying to win over Alana Haim. I would die. I'd quit. I'd be like, no, I can't. Who's doing that? (laughs) Man, not enough good things can come to Haim gal's way. Um, But can we talk about the fact that Paul Thomas Anderson, I think that Alana Haim's going to be really good in this movie. she She looks good in the trailer. But Paul Thomas Anderson, as we know, famous music video director of Haim. He knows every strength and weakness, and he is not going from his leads being Vicky Creeps and Daniel Day-Lewis That's the most insane to thing Alana Haim if he thinks Alana Haim can't act. I mean, that is the most insane thing of, of all time, I think. That, like, he's at a point in his career where he could, he could cast anybody, and anybody no in the business would be like, I'll take less money yes. to do a Paul Thomas he Anderson He fucking movie. did Daniel Day-Lewis' last movie. La- like, Daniel Day-Lewis. Final movie. Daniel Day-Lewis, who, like, by all accounts, just lives to act and just lives, breathes, dies acting, will ruin his own life for yeah. a role. And he's like, the last movie that I'm ever going to do is going to be Paul Thomas Anderson. And then, he's, and then the next movie that Paul Thomas Anderson does is, like... First-time actress. First-time actress, lead role. Oh my dude, I because I like her. Yeah. <laughs> because I like her I and I do her family's band's music. Man, I can't wait for that music video. You uh, that that uh concert. Uh you said that it gave you almost famous vibes. It gave me this is like going to be a basic take, but it gave me kind of once upon a time in Hollywood vibes. I Just think- given that it's like Set in the also almost famous as too, but like that it's set in the past and I mean just a like, lot of movies are set in the past. The, movies Hate to break it. Movies to you. do be <laughs> set retroactively. <laughs> a lot of movies, just including aren't Dear in Evan the Hansen, time. where that's set in the past. Back when Ben Platt was attending high school. <laughs> Let's save that. Yeah, uh, I'm, but I am. I'm very very excited for. Uh, Licorice Pizza, which is the weirdest name for a movie. It's a record store, I believe. Is it? Or it okay. wa- I think it's like a, it was a record store. So if in a while they do a movie that's like set only in Boston and it's called Great Scott, we'll know. We'll be like, that was a venue. We're starting to get looks while we're recording this podcast. Are we? Not like, not in a bad way, but like people are paying attention. Are you, so you're getting like performance anxiety. You're like, shit, no, we got an audience I it, now. I, no, I, uh. They, can't, they probably can't understand what we're saying or don't even understand the topic. So did, I tell you, did I tell you the tweet idea? No. Just like, oh, yeah, you did. Yeah, you did. First live brunch show, Idle Hands, five minutes. <laughs> right. And just see if, like, one person shows up. If we had done that, I, we would have gotten one person. Maybe. The only people that like us really like us. That's true. And some of them live in Boston. Some of them do, yes. So if the, if the question is, would we get one person, I, I, I'm going to change my answer to... Of course. Wow. I think we would definitely get one person. 
Um, I also want to talk about, we talked about licorice pizza, but I want to talk about, uh, you, you referenced that we hung out this weekend. Uh-oh. Remember, uh, remember at the bar, the song that played? Oh, yes. yes we dude. have to talk about yes. that. Come on. Oh my God. The funniest thing Pete has ever said. And in like the darkest words, that's not true. You've said like, I've said very dark things. You, yeah. But you've said like genuinely, like if there, if you were to run it through like a comedy machine would like. If I'm, th- I'm envisioning like Breaking Bad when they're in Mexico, they'd be like, "All right, this is like 99.8 percent like comically funny." Like, so you've had you've had ones like that, but this was the hardest I've laughed at anything you've said <laughs> because it was terrible and sincere. We were at uh, we were watching the Texas football game. And big win, by the way. They scored 70 points. Huge win. Big win. Best, but we were talking about college, best part about college football is like someone's going to score like 60 points. It's just like, which one's going to gonna do be? it? <laughs> which one's going to do it? I love college football. Um, the spreads are always the best. It's right. Like, it's, like, it's like, oh, plus 38. Right. Yeah. A few, weeks ago, a few weeks ago, UConn fired uh, their coach. UConn's coach left. Randy Etzel left. Um, Thank you for all the earlier stuff. When he had Dan Orlovsky, he was awesome. But he left. And the next week they were playing Purdue, I think. And the spread was 35 points. So I texted my friend who's big into betting. And I was like, I have to take UConn, right? They're, they're being given 35 points. And he was like, no, nah, I'm not touching that. No. And I was here. I was at Idle Hands that day. And I checked my phone. And it was at halftime. And the score was 50 to nothing. <laughs> I didn't see what the final score was. But my guess is UConn did not cover 35 points. But um, we were watching the Texas football game. And they were playing music. And we're talking. And you know, like, when you're in a conversation and a certain song's on, or something happens, or something's on the TV that it's like, we have to quit whatever we're doing right now and focus on this. We're talking, and like we're like dipping out every like few words, and we come to the conclusion that they are playing, I think the song is called, Why Did You Do That? I think so, yeah. From A Star Is Born. Yes. Which is the song that is used to illustrate that Allie now sucks. Yes. Like, it is an intentionally bad song. An intentionally bad song. And it is very successful in being an intentionally bad song. That song is horrible. It sucks. It's horrible. It sucks. So, it's playing, and we're like, wait, they chose to play this song? And we're just talking about, like, man, that's so interesting. And then we started talking about the movie. I was like, they chose to play this song. This song caused Jackson Maine to, and you said, kill himself. Yes. When I was trying to say, this, this caused him to, to say that she was ugly. He called her ugly. That, that scene in the bathtub, and he says that, like, you're fucking, like, the meanest thing in the world. I don't know if y'all listening are cracking up right now. <laughs> But when you are not no, like expecting G- that to be DJ the sentence like try- finish, TJ was trying finish. to find his words, and I was like, "Yeah, he, he committed suicide no, like, because of this song." I was trying to like, put it delicately, like, "Like he called her ugly, like it caused him to yeah kill him, yeah, he like, he, yeah, yeah." This is why he died in that movie. <laughs> the idea. Which, this is way I'm too not dark. Wrong, by this the is way. So dark, but like the idea of somebody thinking. 
that's why the end of that movie happened. It's like, that song's fucking sucked. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a treacherous ending. <laughs> it's a very funny... Uh, what a sellout. <laughs> it's a very funny, like, phenomena, that song, because, like, I was shocked that they even put it on the soundtrack. Yeah. Because you are, you are, you are intentionally making a horrible song and then you're putting it on the soundtrack, and a like a shitload of people are buying that soundtrack because there are great songs on that soundtrack, and like it's, yeah, it's a movie that's built around music. It's like Andrew Wyatt, Mark Ronson, Jason Isbell. You got the Shalala Lalo on right. there. Like those are great songs. You are pulling out the stops to make good songs, but you're also pulling out the stops to make an intentionally horrible song that causes somebody to kill themselves. I'll tell you what. <laughs> I, I, so I, uh, brunch listeners, we'll, we'll put a poll out. Um, I don't think that's why he, he died. One um, of the reasons. I don't, I don't <laughs> it's think that's... has got the ball rolling. All right, Beer Evan Hansen in 30 seconds. Uh, before we get to Beer Evan Hansen, I've probably got a stupid question. Like, what was the last time that you were rewarded for being, like, technologically adequate? It's probably stupid because you're an NFT guy. I was now. just about to say you're asking the wrong guy. Like, yeah, pretty recently. Pretty recently. You want to ask about the floor of some of my NFTs? <laughs> I don't think so. Outside of video games, I don't like. I don't get into technology very often. But uh, recently, let me tell you, <laughs> Quip has changed my life. Good Quip. I would love for my life to be changed. What's your What's your toothbrush game like? Let me tell you. Well, I mean, I, I'm a Quip user, so I suppose my life has been changed, too. What was your toothbrush game like before Quip? I'd, I'll be honest. Put the toothpaste on the thing. Sing a song while you're doing it. Twinkle, twinkle. I don't know what song you're supposed to do. Is that washing hands? I don't know. But you're singing a song. You're screaming You're supposed it. to do happy birthday while you're washing your hands. Evan Hansen style, just chest voice, just screaming out with you. Toothpaste is going everywhere. Everyone's mad at you. You're getting evicted. Three times I've been evicted for this shit. Uh, and that was before Quip. <laughs> okay. I, uh, I was very bad at brushing my teeth before Quip. I will be honest with you. Like, really, really bad. Sounds like you needed your life changed. I, yeah, I really did. I was uh, a frequent destroyer of toothbrushes. Like, I, oh. I would just, like, violently brush my Good. teeth and, like, kay. the bristles go guy all shit. over the place. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Cheers. Guy shit. Let's, 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 here, let's, let's gingerly bang our steins. There we yeah. go. Uh, yeah, I, I was a horrible uh, user of toothbrushes where I, I would go through. People would be like, I change toothbrushes every six months. And I'd be like, what the one fuck? One month. Yeah, no, yeah. Like, like at most one month. Yeah, like a, a, whatever chance you can grab another toothbrush, get it. If there were bristles on my toothbrush after a month of use, it would be a, a win. But that means uh, you're getting in there. Yeah, but it also means like you're like grinding a piece of plastic against your teeth. I like that because you saw me starting to go down the road of like, why it's good to use those other toothbrushes. No, you are like grinding plastic against your teeth. But Quip has changed my life because it does all the work for you. You kind of just like, Mm. you just hold it there and it does all the rotations and it times it for you. Uh, Quip is a great toothbrush. Uh, It will... Discreet packaging... That's right. If you don't want your neighbors, if you don't want people. You if you want your neighbors to know that your teeth are clean, if you don't want people to know that you're doing well when it comes to oral hygiene, and you 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 want to be humble about it, just discreet packaging. That's right. Uh, the Quip Smart Brush 
tracks when and how well you brush. You can get tips and coaching on how to improve your brushing habits. You earn points from daily brushing. Uh, You get bonus points and you can complete challenges and get rewards for it via like Quip's app. It's super sweet. Uh, Get started right now. Uh, get rewards for brushing your teeth by going to getquip.com slash brunch. Right now, you can save tw- uh, 10 bucks off a Quip Smart Electric Toothbrush. That's 10 bucks off a Quip Smart Electric Toothbrush at getquip.com slash brunch. Getquip, Q-U-I-P.com slash brunch. Quip. The Good Habits Company. This just gave me another million-dollar idea. I am on. I, I, I'm truly heating up with the good ideas. But our last, uh, our last ad-selling experience, we got in hot water very fast and then had to be on our best behavior with ads because a certain company, huh, got psychotically mad about how we were doing the ads. What if... During that time, we had done the episodes completely sober and then got shit-faced and recorded the ads separately and, like, sent them in, like, what do you think? (laughs) It's good. Hey, how do you brush your teeth? Oh, I use a plastic. I think the plastic toothbrush is actually pretty good. Like, they had to hear all that. And then we just, like, with a straight face, we're like, good? (laughs) I like the idea of us just being, like, really good at doing uh, ad reads when drunk mm. and then like horrible when sober. I think that was a pretty good ad read. It was fine. I mean, you steered it very well. Yeah. I think we, uh, we, uh, I'm, I'm not joking. Like you're a drunk I, guy. No, no, no. I'm not joking. That quip has changed my life. Like I've changed my t- oh, yeah. t- tooth brushing experience. Yeah. I'd never brush for two minutes before quip. I swear to God, like you, two minutes is way longer mm. when you like, estimate two minutes yeah when it comes to brushing your teeth this is the way that i've always kind of calculated it if the for me at least everyone's teeth are different look this is not financial advice that's what they say in the nft world and every time they say anything they say not financial advice not financial advice but for me when i'm brushing my teeth i know that i'm done brushing my teeth when the inside of my bottom teeth in the inside of my front bottom teeth are clean. Like, like, it doesn't feel like... Uh, right now, lick the, the inside of your bottom teeth. Yeah, you can sell. There's, like, something... You, you've yeah. been living a day and everything. There's I something haven't washed, there. I haven't brushed right. them in weeks. In my experience, that is the last part that, for whatever reason, that, like, gets super clean. Like, the, the, the back teeth, are, I, I feel, are super easy to just fleece that out. Obviously, the fronts of the front teeth, really easy. The glam, the glam teeth. Right, exactly. The glamour teeth. But it's not until the inside of the front teeth, the, the front bottom teeth are done that I'm like, okay, okay. I can retire this. I, so for me, like there's been so many times, and I don't know if it's because of like edible lifestyle, but like mm. when I brush my teeth at night, I'm like, okay, is my toothbrush broken? Because I've been doing this for days. And, <laughs> and it's just like, it's so like uh, on the quip, it's, it like stops and starts every 30 seconds. Mm-hmm. So it'll stop and I'll be like, okay, I'm done. And it'll restart. And I'll be like, oh, what the fuck? Like how much longer am I doing this? So it's very nice to have the guide. Yeah. Because if I didn't have the guide, I'd probably stop after like 30 seconds. Especially when you're on edible. And I'll tell you what, during the pandemic, I would do a whole lot of 
brush the teeth, pop an edible, oh, immediate no, Tim Heidecker, fuck, <laughs> throw the mic down. Like, the second I put it in my mouth, like, God fucking damn well, it. Well, you're fucking yourself by, uh, by brushing your teeth before an edible. Yes, yeah. You know that you're probably going to eat some shit. Yeah, although, I'll tell you what, man, like, I've got a bad relationship with food. Marijuana has never really driven really? me into the arms of food. It's the craziest thing. The biggest, like, trigger for me, honestly, with food is alcohol. Really? Yes. Yeah. I am, I'm, I'm both. Like, I am very much, like, well, if I, if I do edibles, I gotta either have, like, a drink or a, uh, or a, or a snack. Yeah. So, I've, I've been smart enough to realize that, like, if I'm going to do the drink thing, it should not be alcohol. Yeah. Like, I'll do an edible, and I'll do, like, tea, or I'll do, like, uh, Fresca or yeah. ginger ale or something like that, just to have, like, erase the, the dry mouth and also the, this, like, the satisfaction of just doing something. Yeah. Okay. So, Dear Evan Hansen has, what is this? It, it, it has the most incredible brunch score we've ever seen, correct? It absolutely has the is most incredible. Is it 34 and... Was it 34 and 94 or something like that? Uh, let me check right now. It, like, the Rotten Tomatoes thing always changes, so yeah. let me see what it is at right now. Dear Evan Hansen is a 33 tomato meter, which is the critics, yeah. and a 90, a 90 oh. audience score, which I think is higher than the last time that was this is why screenshotted. We do this is why we do it, folks. This is why this podcast exists. This is the most legendary brunch score I think we will ever see. Maybe ever. I am so happy to be alive during this time. That is a 57 (laughs) brunch score. Oh my god. 57. I mean, if you are if you are doing more than like 35 on a brunch score, that's like really getting our attention. That's like, okay, we'll watch it. But Fifty. And for any new listeners, brunch score is, you could probably tell context clues, but it's the difference between a low tomato meter and Which a, is from critics. Yes. And then nine, which is and then an aud- high audience, audience score. score, which is from, obviously, just people. And generally, you'll get that with, like, an action movie that's common with where, like, a critic will watch this and, like, will say, hey, uh, objectively... This is a bad movie. Like and Baywatch. fans will be like, "This was so fucking fun, though." Baywatch, yeah, like Baywatch. You, you, a critic goes to Baywatch and they're, they're expecting like, I don't know, they're expecting like a good movie. They're like, "Just g- give me anything <laughs> yeah. here." Yeah, and like they're like, "This is stupid. This is cliche." And I think where the difference is is that critics go without without considering expectations yes and fans go being like well i'm going to watch a baywatch movie yeah expecting it to be kind of stupid in a baywatch movie yeah and i just sat around had some fun looked at some hot people yeah and a little bit of action good time that's why i always struggle with this i have a coworker who watches all of uh like the blumhouse movies and everything and i annoy the piss out of her but i'm always like hey did you see this and like we, we talk about like the various movies and if it's a movie i've seen and she hasn't she'll say like so like how good is it and i always feel bad when she asks that because i'm like what do you mean how good is it like right. we're, we're talking about blumhouse movies that's i mean like i think that like it's the, just like what biggest, was it a fun time the biggest cross to bear is being like was it good it's like well what are you looking for yeah yeah that is a and i think that that like 
that has been a big part of this podcast is where we talk about movies that we love and they may not be like awesome movies, but we love them because we went in expecting them to be a certain thing and they exceeded that expectation. Oh yeah. Like Mamma Mia 2 is not the best movie that has ever been made. We were not offended by its uh, snubs at the Oscars. Yes. But like we go in and we hope that it, it is something or like, we don't expect it to be something, and then it blows our mind yeah. by being something else. And I think that that kind of sets us up for Dear Evan Hansen because I think we're on the same page. I really liked this yes! movie. Yeah, oh, I really yeah. liked it. I really liked it. Yes. So I was so so. The only we didn't talk. We we've like had loose conversations about it, but we didn't weigh in on like how much we liked it. The only thing I've been willing to say is that, like, I didn't not like it. And that, like, I'm positive about this movie. But, like, I liked this movie. I liked it. Yes. I liked it. Like, this was... I had a good time. I was stunned by a lot of it. It's chaotic in a lot of ways. It is. It is, like, absolutely insane. It is an insane movie. Yeah. The, the, so, I didn't know The most any, preposterous plot. I didn't, not, know, I, I didn't know anything about... Uh, the movie I watched the trailer and I it's funny because you watched the movie before Saturday we hung out on Saturday you watched the movie before Saturday I watched the trailer maybe like on Friday night or something and you were like tell me what you think the movie is and I told it to you this was incredible and you were like you fucking nailed it yes I told you exactly what uh, what the trailer told me and you were like that is the movie yeah. So I was a bit disappointed hearing that going into watching the movie because I didn't think that I would like experience anything. I thought that I knew the movie. Oh, you're gonna. Experience. I didn't. I yeah, didn't. But you're. you're there are experience. so many parts of this movie that like are insane. Yeah. That you can't get even from the trailer. The trailer tells you a lot, but it can't tell you the entire thing because the entire thing is insane. Yeah. So it opens on. A 27-year-old Ben Platt getting ready to go to high school where he... This is like the real plot of the movie. The, the, he's not the principal, so it's very tough. He has a hard time at school. Um, so he's a student. Uh, he's ben, ben Platt is playing a high schooler because obviously he played this uh, on Broadway after being in Pitch Perfect, and we all know who Ben Platt is, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. He's very nervous because he has debilitating anxiety... Not over the fact that he looks way too old to be in high school, but like he is genuinely unwell. And a lot, I got right away, I'm sure you did too. Like, they're not doing like the like, oh, f- like it's okay to be blue kind of like mental health stuff. Like, no, it's this like, is like this is like real life. Yes. Like, this is a person who has debilitating anxiety and. It's uncomfortable to watch because it's fucking uncomfortable to experience. Like, so, like, you kind of you kind of get that, like, validation that, like, this is a movie about mental health that yeah. is informed about mental health. Yes. Because it's not, like, it's not gl- uh, glorifying it or anything or making it cool. Yes. It you, is, you know, it is, I, yes. I hate cool mental health. Yes. Because I'm not fucking cool. We, we declined <laughs> to go to Phoebe Bridgers tonight. Dude, yeah. <laughs> Such a good way of putting it. We were going to go to Phoebe Bridgers after this and just bailed. Shout out. God bless Phoebe Bridgers. Anybody who's going to that and everything. But just guessing, 
Congrats to everybody celebrating depression, but yeah. we're going to talk about beer Evan Hansen instead. Although I did, like, if I did go, I was definitely going to take a picture of, like, the marquee or whatever and post it on Instagram with, like, Father John Misty. <laughs> Phoebe Bridgers, the more fun, definitely cooler, way more beloved uh, Father John Misty. But yeah, dude, I mean, I'll tell you what, man, like, we love going to see Father John Misty, and we have a, a friend who likes going to see Father John Misty because, like, he enjoys how, like, sad a time it is. Mm-hmm. But I'm at a place right now where I'm, like, if I have the option to go to, like, a big, like, sad fest, I'm, like, I'm going to, like, actually look out for Dave here and, like, pick the spots on how often I'm intentionally sad. Shout out to your bridge though. She banged that place out two nights in a row. Get it, queen. Selling it. Selling it. Get Good it, for queen. Her. Yeah. The, the Walmart sad section. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the, 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 the Walmart sad section. Uh, so the, the, this opens, the song that he sings at the beginning of this, I'm like, he's singing it, and I'm like, oh, uh, maybe he's just like doing, maybe this song does something that I've heard another song or whatever. And then he gets to the chorus, and it's, this song opens on Waving Through a Window, which yeah. is the only song I knew from this. Did you know that song? No, I didn't know that song. That, that's like the hit from this no, play. No, there's the one that he sings on stage. Is you the Will hit. Be Found? Yeah. Is that it? Um, I think so, yeah. So, but Waving that's Through a Window is like the, like... That's like the, it, either like the 1A or 1B. Yeah, maybe it's the 1A or 1B or something. Also, side note, I'm going to put this in here just because I've been drinking... The opening number of Waitress by Sarah Bareilles, it's called Opening Up, is such a fucking good song, and it wouldn't be able to be, like, a hit on its own because it's about fucking opening up a bakery or some stupid shit, but that song fucking rules. Mentioned it, so it has to go on the as I mean, I feel like that's a, that's a lot of the songs in this this uh, yeah. musical. A lot of, like, Here We Are songs. Yeah, there's a lot of, like, what the fuck is the context this is, of this song? <laughs> this is exactly what this is. This isn't ABBA, where it's, like, we're building the storyline around this yeah. song. I, I, I'll tell you what. As musicals go, give me a jukebox musical over, a, like, a, an <laughs> yeah, authentic musical. Yeah. I like, like adhering to good music yeah. that already exists. I want to be able to listen to it outside of the watching of the movie. Yeah. There, I think a lot of the songs in this movie are just like, well, I can't listen to this because it's fucking like lines of dialogue. Yes. Oh, dude, a big dream of mine. I thought this while watching the movie. I want to write a musical that has a shitload of fake outlines. And what fake outlines are is someone's having a conversation and then somebody's like, I don't really agree with that. I, th- I feel completely differently. But, like, the first few words that they say are said in that beginning <laughs> a song type of voice. It's like, you might think that I am going to do that, but no way, man. <laughs> and then, like, they just, like, continue the argument. And the other person that's there is like, you oh, know we're singing, I thought you were going right? to sing. You know sing. sing, right? Were you going to sing? I, we're all singing I don't here. know the words to... <laughs> anything that's coming up. So I, I only have like 13 lines in this movie. Um, but yeah, it opens on Waving Through a Window, which... Good I, song. Good song. Good yeah, a song. lot of good songs in this. A uh, lot of good songs. A lot of good songs. A lot of good songs, but like the songs that don't hit are like straight up dialogue and it is yeah. tough. I can't wait to get to the later songs because this movie 
gets predictably dark. And at some point, it's just so like, this is a movie about a guy that gets like caught up in a lie. And when he gets found out, <laughs> he just kind of like, he like starts singing a bunch of songs and like they're all like kind of Father John Misty. Like. <laughs> so so here, here's one of my notes. And like, I didn't know if this was a, like a note or I, I didn't know if I was making like a genius observation about this movie. It turns out that I watched the movie long enough to find out that it wasn't genius. I just like jumped to conclusions. Um, one of my notes was that uh, Evan Hansen only sings when he's lying. Yes. Oh, I dude, I have a note about the, uh, I guess like the, the timeline of singing. That's a big thing in this movie. For like the first hour and 20 minutes of the movie, he only sings when he's lying. And it's either like he's lying to somebody else or he's lying to himself. And I thought that like maybe that was a a cool observation that I had made early on. Where I was like, that would be like a kind of cool thing. Like this guy with with, uh, like like mental health issues, maybe I don't know what it's in his brain that is like, I got to sing to myself yeah. to, to trick myself into, into thinking something. But it, it turns out that that wasn't true. Mm. But it took me a long time to figure out that it wasn't true. You're listening to Brunch on Wash Media. We are currently, again, we're sitting in a brewery among people who are probably just having a terrible time <laughs> hearing us. We are speaking. We've gotten at, some looks. We are speaking at like our Volume. normal, loud, like maybe even broadcasting voices. We've got some sure they're not SM7s. They're the they're SM7Bs. The, no, the SM7B. That's a thriller mic. These are the uh, but like the, we, we got some like real mics and doing a real thing among people. Shout out everybody. Uh, Evan Hansen's mom is played by Julianne Moore from Kingsman: The Golden Circle. <laughs> Hilarious that that's your very underrated actor. Very underrated. I think that if I ever met Julianne Moore, I would cry. I think that I would cry just by, based on like being like, "Oh, I'm your, I'm your son." That like you, like you haven't appreciated. Really? Yeah, because like I feel like I don't know if it's maybe recency bias, but she always feels bad about something, and like, oh yeah, she oh like every role that she's ever had, she's felt bad about something, and I'm yeah. like, yeah. It's not your the fault. The relationship it's not between your fault. I think if I had met her, I'd be like, "It's not your fault. Don't don't yeah. feel bad." The relationship between her, she could be the happiest and, person in the world. Um, and uh, who's who's gonna win like, an Oscar for playing Princess Diana? Why can't I think of her name? Oh, um, Kristen Stewart. Kristen Stewart. The relationship between her and Kristen Stewart. In Have you seen Still Alice? No. Dude, you will ball. Oh, that's where she has dementia. She has she, like, Alzheimer's. Yeah, Alzheimer's, yeah. You yeah. will ball your freaking face off. But it's like the performance of a lifetime. But even even her in the um in the show where or uh not the show, the movie where she is going to college. Oh, that's and, I, I was gonna say Don uh, is it called uh Yes. Oh is it my called God. is it called Don Juan? Don Juan with yeah. uh, with uh Joseph Gordon Levitt. Yeah. And it's like weird movie, not a bad movie, but like she, she is like, he creams his pants in one scene, right? I think so. Yeah. But I also like, like she is like uh, the, like the biggest cougar and she's like sort of like hunting him. Yeah. But she's like still the most like lovable person. And it's just like, yeah, everything about you. I want to love no matter what the best. Uh, so every day 
Evan writes himself a letter as an assignment from his therapist to encourage him to have a good day. I really just kind of want to know if that's indeed a method of treating patients because that's super interesting. I don't know how effective it would be, but also I'm not... Seems like passing the buck. It's like, hey, you do all the yeah, work. Yeah, you do it. Yeah. yeah. I don't want to I'm, I'm not going to help you. Feel you. Better. Yeah, you, you make yourself yeah. feel better. So he gets to school, and he's still singing this song, waving through the window. He is so did, distracting. How long did it take you to figure out that um, like him singing was not picked up by other people? That was very confusing oh, for me. Pretty quickly, I wrote down jokingly that like maybe he has he's having a hard time at school because he's singing in his chest voice in the hall when like people are trying to get stuff done and he's just screaming about a window. Yeah, but so like I think that maybe my confusion came from watching the trailer and like seeing that people acknowledged his singing. Which came people will later. tap in. People will tap in. They really are like very uh, on and off about when, yeah, about when people are, are acknowledging what he's actually saying when he's singing. I think it's like a IRL versus like the songs happening, so other people will be there because a lot of times, I mean, it's a it's like a theater thing. So there's a lot of there's like a chorus and there's like other voices in it. You're like, where are these other voices coming from? And they're coming from the kids, but you know that like. Those kids don't like him, so they're not actually but, participating. But there are also like there are also like scenes where he's singing and like trying to convince himself of things. But then like there are also scenes where he's singing. And he spends a lot of time trying to convince people of things in this movie. That's true. But he there are scenes where he's singing and like you see reactions from people that he's around reacting yeah. to him singing, and it's like well, it's very confusing to figure out. When people can hear him and when they cannot, right? Like right. When, when, like when they're turning actual lines of dialogue into song versus when they're talking about internal dialogue and making that. Oh song. yeah, this will be a recurring thing throughout this because th- that happens when he's giving a speech. That happens when he and Zoe, spoiler alert, decide to d- d- decide to start dating each other. I'll just get this out of the way right now. I hope to the TikTok generation out there that's listening, I want all your relationships to start with you singing at each other. That's how it's, that's how you put it in writing. That's how you know it's real. Just start singing at each other. That's how these two get together. So he gets to school and Ben Platt is so distractingly not a kid. So it did not bother me until later on in the movie. It oh, did, it was it, when it he shows up to school. I was like, "Dude, how are you in there?" I don't know if it's because, how are you in that school. I don't know if it's because like I heard about it so much going into the movie, where it's like I know that people are bothered by him being old. It didn't bother me that much at the beginning. Not picking on him, by the way. I mean, if you've seen Mean Girls or if you've seen a lot of high school, yeah, like, any it's movie, always adults. Any, any movie that involves high schoolers probably involves people that are older than high school. Yeah, I mean, I, I remember when uh, Queen's Gambit, when you and I were both famously watching that. All of our friends were watching it. And I remember somebody was like, oh, my God, Anya Taylor-Joy is gorgeous. And I was like, oh, God, yeah, are you kidding me? She's Yeah, she's stunning. And, like, there's not even a thought, like, because she's playing, I don't know, she's probably, 
she's playing like younger ages and everything, but you just know watching, like you can see yeah. the human being. You're like, that's like a 26 year old person. I mean, even whatever. coach Carter, uh, the guy who played worm was like 33. Yeah. When he played, uh, like the point guard of a high school basketball team. Yeah. Shout out Anya Taylor joy. She's in the, um, the Mario movie. Yeah, she is. She I've hated, Peach. I'll tell you what, I've hated every second of discourse about that movie. Oh, yeah, every single part of the role. That is the I'm new like, Jeopardy no. for me, where I'm like, shut the fuck up. Yeah, I don't care about it until I see, like, product. If give I me, hear one product. more word about Jeopardy, dude, I don't really get mad. Like, Jeopardy is making me mad. I don't well, care about the daily, every two-second update on this okay well that's because you didn't care about jeopardy to begin with. that's yeah that's fair i'm not a huge head so that's that's fair so i guess if you love jeopardy that's fine but i'm like yo just figure it out tell me who the host is i can't have a daily update on what the person from big bang theory didn't even say i think about because i've read these stories that they accuse her of being an anti-vaxxer and she isn't one but like there was an opportunity to say she was an anti-vaxxer that's what we do so we just so glad that i have no idea what you're talking about dude it is a nightmare we cannot live and die by the minute by minute updates yeah on jeopardy Nobody nobody cares and nobody needs that yes so i wonder this though if you have an, if you have a geezer playing a high schooler, should they hire adults to play the other high schoolers so it's not distracting? Just older adults? Yes, like that's why. Because I, I, I'm watching him and I'm like, I'm watching this guy. He's got like a trick hip and everything, like trying to do the dance moves. And just Ben Platt's mother is like yeah. Jamie Lee Curtis. Yeah, just like, like a seventy year old. Yeah, just ramp up the. the it's like. If, if this person's older, you got to make everybody older. So, Caitlin Dever from Booksmart. Curb Your Enthusiasm. <laughs> and Books. Yeah, well, I'm, I mean, I don't want to take that away from you because yeah. you did find Legendary. out that she, she was from Curb Your Enthusiasm. Unbelievable find. Yes, um, because you were like, oh, uh, you were like, uh, Caitlin Dever's in it. She's so great. And I was like, oh, I didn't recognize her. And you pointed out that she was from Booksmart. I was looking up the cast and I was specifically the ages. And when I looked up Caitlin Dever's age, she plays Zoe, the romantic lead. He, uh, she was the girl in Curb Your Enthusiasm who is selling Girl Scout cookies. And if you've seen that episode, it's a great episode where, or it's a great scene, I guess, where Larry is being super charitable and is like being a great guy. And he says he'll take five of everything. <laughs> and she is having her first period. And Larry David has to be in an actual situation, which if you've ever seen an episode of Curb Your Enthusiasm, Larry David, not well suited for those. But that kid is Caitlin Dever. Crazy. It's insane. It feeds my theory that Troll Boy from Lil Buff Boys in I Think You Should Leave is going to be a star one day. Like one day people are going to be like, oh, you know that so-and-so is troll, yeah, was anybody, troll boy? If anybody has impressed you when they were like 12 years old, yeah. they're probably talented. Can't you see that, though? Yeah. In like 10 years, like you're watching like the new like Ryan Gosling, and they're like, oh, That's yeah, you know insane. that he was troll boy. That's like, insane. Probably. Um, she's 24 years old. She was in Booksmart, what, like two years ago? 
Yeah, probably high something school. like that. Yeah. So, like, not out of the question. So, she was playing a high schooler I, two years ago. I'm She's sort of probably, like, like in 22, my, In my mind, like has tricked me that she isn't a high schooler. Okay. So, oh, also, a trailer for this, before this movie, there was a trailer for a movie where Nick Robinson... You know who Nick Robinson is? I do. I he do. plays... I couldn't believe this. What do you think he plays? A high schooler. A high schooler. <laughs> it is unbelievable. This guy's going to be 70 years old playing high schoolers. Anyway, Caitlin Dever is 24 in this movie. Uh, the other high schooler in this movie, realistically, is um, Nick Dodani, if I said his name correctly, from Escape is he, Room. Is he the family friend? He's the family friend. The meanest line in this incredibly dark movie... This kid, Evan, is telling Nick, or is uh, this kid, the story of how he broke his arm by falling out of a tree, and the kid asks him, why are you telling me this? And he says, I thought you would find it funny because we're friends, and he says, we're family friends, and I need you to respect that. That's one of two laughs I got in this movie. There, were, there was an elderly group of women in front of me at the theater that found many more things funny and I was incredibly disturbed. <laughs> How many times do you think you should laugh during this movie? I, I didn't. I don't think that I laughed many times. Like, so like, like you can like count maybe on one Maybe once or twice. Yeah. Okay. So maybe I, once or twice. I, I believe I was at two. The opportunities like, these women took to get their laughs off were incredible and it was just like a real like I'm a millennial so like I come from like the bad days where people were like people's perspectives and the, the, the things they would joke about were not good. And I'm looking at this older generation th- like, Oh my God. I think the longer you go in this movie, you, the more you realize how absurd it is. And then like the more open you are to laughing at it. Yeah. But like the moment that you're talking about happens very early on. Yeah. Th- I mean that, that I thought was like a funny line. Like, we're family friends. Right. Respect that. Um, how old do you think Nick Dodani is? Uh, 28. He's 27 years old. Okay. Like that, that, he's like a, yeah, he is, he's a guy. He's like one of, like one of us. But he, he easily passes as a high schooler. Like the yeah. only person. He's in got, this got a, he's got like enough only, character in his face that he looks young. The only person in this movie that does not pass as a high schooler. It's Ben Platt. It's Ben Platt. And yeah. like, the longer you go in this movie, like, I was willing to put up with it for a while. Yeah. The longer you go, there are just, like, certain scenes and certain, like, I don't know, whatever it is, like, lighting or whatever. Not he doing favors. Looks he looks horrible Yeah, he looks times. bad. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I agree. Uh, it does not take long to get in this movie to realize it is about as, I don't say this lightly, as anxiety-inducing as Uncut Gems, not quite, but it is very high on the, In a like, different way. Okay, like, they, like, his issues are portrayed very transparently. Not sugar-coated, not dressed up, which I appreciate. Um, yeah, which honestly might be a good thing for the movie. Yeah, and, like, so, like, un- unless you're these elderly women sitting in front of me, like, it, it, it's, it's not funny. So 15 minutes into it, he's had a few interactions with other people, and they're so heartbreaking that I wrote down in my notes, like, what is this movie trying to do to me here? Like, is this, like, soft or heartbreak? Like, am I just want to, like, am I just going to want to fucking die because this kid is having such 
a genuinely horrible but also believable time. Like, they, they make it so realistic. But, but so, like, early on, my question was, like, like, are the people going to be this fucking mean to the kid all goddamn yes. movie? Because, Cause like, I the, would walk out. Like, it's, like right. you can't do so, two hours so of like, that. So you can – maybe you can say that's realistic. And it probably is because we all know, like, yeah. how people are at that age. But, like, they were fucking horrible to him at the beginning. Yeah. And I was like, all right, well, like, you can't – I feel like you can't make this, quote, unquote, realistic if you're just – portraying the worst parts of like high schoolers yeah especially when like what we've liked about recent high school movies we've seen outside of like mid 90s which i really respected for how like realistically brutal it was for people who grew up in the 90s like it's like don't make somebody like uh unequivocal villain yeah and like maybe rethink you think you're a good person but like rethink the way that you are Oh yeah, considering things totally. There are just like absolute villains in the early stages of this movie. Yeah, you're like these are like uh, this kid obviously has a lot of shit that he's battling, but like some of these kids are fucking horrible to him. He has an experience in the hall uh, where this kid Connor, who is also not well, uh, yells at him like really screams at him, and everyone sees it, including this girl Zoe, who is Evan's crush and the sister of Connor. Zoe plays guitar. Evan loves her. She comes over to Evan afterwards and is like, hey, I'm sorry. How you doing? You're Evan, right? Like, it's nice to meet you. And I mean, in fairness, when I was a kid, if a girl who played guitar came over to me and tried talking to me. And if she I, looked like Kev- I Caitlin would like, Dever. Just like is that her name? sink into the ground. and to, Yeah, like she's like, a, she's like the cool, Very like, cool. pretty yeah. like it girl, whatever you want to call it. Uh, it's, he can't, he legitimately can't say a word and it's like so challenging and so difficult. And he runs away. He runs away and the ladies in front of me, hyenas cracking, like huge fucking laughs. And I was like, like, I wasn't going to say anything, but I was like. Oh my god, That's how is this funny? funny? Like this is this is like so real. Ah. Oh, that generation, man. I mean, I they laugh everything off, so everything must have worked yeah, out. I mean, okay. it must be cool for them, but like, yeah, like nice perspective could never be me, but oh my god. So, Evan writes himself a letter every day. Uh do we say this? Oh yeah, the thing that the therapist has him do. So, he goes and he he goes to the library and he writes himself a letter and he's t- trying to psych himself up saying this is why it's going to be a good day and everything. But then he explains like this interaction that he had with Zoe and how great Zoe is and, uh, how he just wants her to notice him, et cetera, et cetera. Prints it out as he's waiting to pick it up. Connor comes up to him and is, and again, Connor like has, I'm I'm not going to diagnose him, but like Connor comes up to him and is like, hi, like he hadn't, just like had that interaction with him and sees that Evan who has broken his arm he's told the story a lot of times by now how he's fall he fell out of a tree mm-hmm. so that's why his arm is broken so Connor signs his cast in huge letters and then he says so now we can both pretend we have friends and it's like a really nice sweet moment and I feel like I don't know. Like I've been there before, where it's just like, hey, like I don't really this know you or the, whatever. This but could like, be the beginning of something beautiful. Yeah, yeah, you know and. 
it's it's a it's an unequivocally nice moment in this movie. Then Connor goes to the printer to pick up what he was picking up, and he gets Evan's letter, and he sees some stuff about his sister, and it really riles him up, and he storms off. He assumes that that uh, Evan is doing it to fuck. Oh with right, him. he thinks he's making fun of him. That's he right, that he's making fun of him because like. Everybody makes fun of of, of Connor, mm-hmm. and like he just assumes that, like, hey, I'm talking about your sister. Like, I I talked to you earlier so that you would find this letter and I would piss you off, and yes. now I want you to flip the switch and fight me. Basically, yeah. So Evan is again like legitimate social anxiety. Like de- de- when I say debilitating, like it's the literal sense of the word. Like he's not able to function. Um, so he's just can't find words, and he's saying, like, please don't take that. But he takes the letter, storms off. Next day at school, Evan gets called to the principal's office. Three days later. Oh, it's three days later. Because uh, Do they that, do it three days later? No, but they, okay. they do, like, I haven't heard from him in three days. He's had the letter for three days. Oh, right. God, like, let me tell you. Evan that's, has been, that's a tough three days. Evan has been... And I like the fact, oh, right. that, he's, he's like I like the fact that he's searching on like Reddit. He's searching on uh, Twitter. Like He's doing a lot of the things that... In this day and age, if somebody had something that you didn't want in their possession, yeah. you would be looking on Twitter. You'd be searching that's on Facebook. Crazy. You'd be searching on Reddit. Yeah. Like, he was going crazy trying to figure out whether or not he had posted this letter. So th- three days later, he gets called to the principal's office where Connor's parents inform him that Connor has died. As they phrase it, they fucking bury the lead like crazy. Yeah. How did you feel about the phrasing? I don't want to spend too much time on this. I hated start. it. They I said hated it. Connor took his own took life. Took his own life. First of all, own doesn't need to be there. No. I would... I mean, it, it seemed like the most, like... For like they see it, it was like position like they didn't know what to do yeah but they presented it like they had thought about it for years yeah so they tell him this the mother and stepfather Amy Adams Danny Peeney I think is his name he's from SVU and uh, they reveal that Connor had a note for Evan in his pocket when he died. So they wanted to have it. This is, of course, the note that Evan wrote himself. So the parents think their son, who is very troubled, in and out of treatment, had a friend, and they are using this thought as a beacon of light. Like, they've lost their son, who had such a hard life, but he had a friend, and, like, we're going to be able to carry on his legacy through this kid who's like this sweet kid who struggles to find the words and everything. And Evan is like, Evan is telling them like, no, I did not know this person and we were not friends. He really does his best. Honestly. And they're not hearing it. And this is where I got to check back in on the musical timeline because they have not sang in forever. <laughs> this point there is no fucking songs going on as this shit they have not sang i believe since the first number of the song as they are laying it's the been a wild work yes. of this incredibly you could, you fucked could up forget plot. that it was a musical yes so and i remember it was in this scene like i wrote down i was like i really need a song right now <laughs> like ooh, this is hard 
please give me a song. Um, so this puts Evan in the weirdest spot imaginable because Connor's mother, Amy Adams, is desperately asking him to tell a story about her dead son who Evan did not know. And she's, like, not letting him finish. Like, he is saying one or two words, and she, like, is trying to finish his sentences with things that she wants to know. Yes, exactly. Trying to, like, right, like, take it where she, like, she hopes he was having a good day. So she'll try to steer in that direction. And this kid who is, like, really freaked out, he's, like, talking to a group of people, and he has such anxiety that he doesn't really speak to people. Um... So he ends up singing a song about friends and just about like having a friend and some stuff they did outside. And they say, "Oh, was it at the orchard? He loved the orchard." So right. he's so like, they're like you finishing bet. his sentences and like like she he's like we were doing uh, this and her mother and the mother's like. Oh, you were at this place. And right. He's like, okay, so this place meant something to him. Right. Yeah. And he's like, oh, yeah, 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 sure. So he he inserts Connor into the story of him breaking his arm. I'll tell you what, this kid won't shut the fuck up about the fact that he broke no, his arm. No, definitely not. Like, well, I remember like when I tore my MCL, got to mention it here, I didn't... The first time I said publicly that I did that, mostly because I'm a weirdo and I'm like afraid of, I'm just so weird about like information and everything. But the first time I said that was on the brunch Patreon episode, like a year and a half later or whatever. But I knew that when I suffered that injury, I was like, I am not going to talk about (laughs) this because I'm not going to be the, I don't want to be the person that's like, Oh, like I have this allergy, so if we go out to dinner, we can't get this. Oh, blah, blah, blah. Like, because, like, just nobody wants to hear about that. Just, like, make sure you're not being a pain in anyone's ass there. Uh, Evan doesn't feel that way about his broken arm. The Definitely only thing not. he talks about is how he broke his arm climbing a tree and falling out of it. So, uh, this song that he sings is very well received by the family. They're so glad that uh, he has. Uh, a friend, so that song, which is called For Forever, which is a very good song, goes so well that Evan and Nick Dadani decide to cook a bunch of other letters. This is like the real Walter White becomes Heisenberg moment. Exactly, and I want to get more beer before we talk about this. Good. All right. <laughs> They cook a bunch of other letters. Nick Dodani is way too into this. Yes. He lo- like but he's suddenly the best. He's is, the best part of this movie I, at this yeah, point. Like, I, I root for this kid. I, I, I like this mainly because the only thing I know of him is that he's the enthusiastic kid from uh, Escape Room, and they just immediately murder him. And I was like, oh, well, I like that guy, <laughs> so fuck you. I need him. more of him. Yeah. Uh, so they... There is a whole song with essentially like holograph dead Connor. So that's so like that's really where there's I a lot of dead Connor in this movie. So like they um, they talk about this MM2 vibes. They have this kid Connor and he he kills himself. We were led to believe yeah. he kills himself 
And then, like, immediately, like, two minutes later, we have, like, song and dances of Connor. He's like singing. He's, like, kicking his legs one way or doing another. Doing moves that like, I can't do. Yeah. Like, and it's all, like, hey, I, as I, in my buddy. Because they're making up these letters I that they're sending each the other. the purpose of it. Like, he, it's, in, it's in Evan's head. And, like, it's not real. But, like, we're just, we were just told that Connor killed himself. And now we're watching him doing song and dances. And, and it's, it's so weird. And I, a friend told me that, like, people have difficulty with this movie because they think that, like, Evan is a terrible person. And I'll say, like, I don't think that Evan's I a terrible person. I, think that I he, like, don't think he is. I think he gets caught up in something. And this He never part, had bad intentions. Yes. And this is, I think, telling us how bad it is what he's doing. He probably doesn't realize it as he's doing it. But, like, the idea that, like, this person who didn't smile a lot is smiling and singing like, hey, buddy, because they want to they give the parents something that says like, hey, look, this kid was happy and we enjoyed ourselves together. But I don't think it's like a bad reflection on Evan. I think it's more of like a reflection on what everybody wants from somebody who has recently died and that they want to make yes. it to being like this happy. Oh, I've thought about that before. I'm yeah, like, I'm like I, I've envisioned like friends and loved ones at my funeral being like, he was such a good guy. Like, oh, my, he loved you so much or he did this or whatever. And I think that's true. Like, I love a lot of people, and I've, I think and I've been good to a lot of people. And remember the good things. And, like, but... you want to remember the good things, but um, also, like, not to be morbid or anything, but, like, th- like there's also, like, okay, like, they, they also had their faults. And, and like, they had their... A lot of the times, the good things aren't defining about the, the, the person that dies. Oh, like... totally. God. Yeah. If one of us dies and they're like, oh, my God, he was so funny. We'd be like, like oh, well, so like, you didn't that's know cool. cool. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Very cool. You know? uh, okay. So uh, that's cool. We just found a way to be darker than Dear Evan Hansen. <laughs> Did it. Nailed it. But they do this song. It's called uh, Sincerely, Sincerely Me. Sincerely Me. I wrote that down. And the song it's, rules. It rocks. <laughs> it rocks, dude. It's like the best it's, song I've ever heard. Like, this is like, this movie is, is a very... Uh, a very it tests you. It's yeah, like it really here's a does. thing. Like, this is really good, here's right? But like you awesome know what it is. song about something that is so fucked up and like yeah. what you're watching. It sucks. They like, do this it, whole dance together during it, like dead Connor and alive make believe like has friends Evan do this dance together. And it's an incredible dance, and at the end, I feel bad. Oh, so I laughed three times. <laughs> I laughed during the song because it ends with. They're singing about what good of friends they are, and at the end, just randomly, they put Nick Dadani in there because he's writing these cooked letters yeah. as well to further illustrate like this is all fake. And it it's funny because like it's funny because like Nick is like inserting lines into like yeah to make it funny and like Nick is a bit more of a bro, but also like a bit more of like a personality than Evan is right, and like he he's mixing in lines to like hey to tell Evan like. Hey, this shit is like kind of fucked up, and yeah. And so like, he's like reciting lines, and it's it is a funny funny scene, but it is also uh, I separated it in my notes. I I separated. You can see it. Sincerely, me is its own, its own section. section. Whoa, it has its own section because it was like such a defining moment of like watching this movie, mm-hmm. where it is funny but also so fucked up and, like, <laughs> uncomfortable. Yeah. The, the actual context of it didn't bother me more than, like, the fact that we were just told that this kid killed himself and, like, had 
like obviously Myriad horrible, problems, yeah. horrible things going on to him. And we're getting like a fake projection of him yeah, so dancing and that's stuff. That's what I and like and, yeah. and this this guy Nick is like he doesn't have any connection to Evan or the other kids, so he's like making jokes. Yeah. It's fucking weird. It's yeah. very uncomfortable. Yeah. The name of the song though is Sincerely Me. And it's great. And it's a jam, yeah. I feel bad that one of my notes is the dance number is amazing. A Patreon goal should be we should do the Sincerely Me dance. So like hire my, a choreographer. I mean, like, one of my one of my notes is literally like it is hilarious that we have to watch this kid that we were just told died two minutes ago dance to like letters that don't exist. And even in the beginning, like the song starts off like he's smiling, like him smiling. Right, it's not was, like, the same person. Yeah, like that's. But again, it tells the audience. I understand the purpose yeah. of it, but like it is so fucked up. Right. So he's spending a lot of time with Connor's family and Zoe. The parents are very nice. Amy Adams, Danny Pino. Uh, the stepdad is a good guy, right? Good businessman. It takes a while to figure it out, though. Right. Like, like, you, you, you're here's wondering the, if he's, like, really fucked up. And this is what makes it challenging. So he's, like, a, it, he seems like a nice enough person, always says the right things. Uh, he's a businessman, makes a lot of money. Uh, they're a rich family. He's always wearing a suit and tie. But there's a scene where they're around the house. It's, like, late at night. And they're just, he's just hanging out at home and he is watching sports at home wearing a suit and tie, <laughs> like on the couch. And I tell you what, I'm going to give you a little peek behind the curtain. When I get home and I'm watching sports or if I get home and I'm watching whatever I feel like watching, it is immediately t-shirt, shorts, insert whatever food I shouldn't be eating. The idea of doing that, just sitting there in a shirt and tie, my number one belief in life is whatever works for you fucking works for you, but not to go dude in, yeah, not to go dude with sign, but like, psycho. Stop watching sports in suit and ties. If you watch sports in a suit and tie, like, I can't believe, because they're talking, they're like, oh, how was your day and everything, and I'm... His day was hor- something happened. He's hor- he's doing he's doing bad. My God. So, that's how I feel about that. I didn't use the word psycho. Dude with sign would have. I mean, it it is. Uh, there's like in the early going, it's they make him out to be like such a bad guy. Mm. Like they, it's he just kind of casts him like a, he must seemed, be a bad guy because he's like it seems like a fake red herring for like no reason yeah. honestly like they make him out to be a bad guy in the beginning to just like make your mind be like well they're like he kind of fuck well, like I, I just don't like that they'll present somebody that be like this is the mom this is the stepdad yeah and like I come from a family that I did not have a father yeah. I would love to have had a stepdad. Yeah, and I, I'm sure people have bad experiences with stepdads and everything. Like, my perspective is different because I come from a family of two folks who are still married. But this guy, I felt like most of what was placed on him negatively was the fact that he was the stepdad. Right, and, like, nothing that he could have fixed. Yeah. It was just, like, he didn't happen to be the biological father. And eventually they have that out. I'm, yeah. I, like, you're kinda, I, I hate that like, you're waiting for it, but you are, you're like, at some point. 
someone's going to yell at him. You weren't his real dad. And that ends up happening. But this guy seems like a good enough guy. But the, I tell you what, his, his worst crime was sitting on the couch watching, watching sports. Sports. Like if I but, walked into, but they, but they do make the, like the, early on the um, the daughter, Kate, Caitlin Devers. Mm-hmm. Ooh, what's her name? Zoe. Zoe, and the father. It's it's made clear that they didn't not did not enjoy Connor's presence as much as the mother. Yeah, did. the mother loved Connor. Zoe actively did not like, like real, Connor. No, no, it like, seems like did, the like did, hated like yeah hated his, like hated. when he died. There was no second of like okay, he's dead. We have to honor him. Like she, it was really. She was like, like, "What are we doing? We know what's up." Like yeah, it. it as a viewer, it makes you wonder, like, was Con- was Connor, like, should we even, like, care about Connor? Because his sister fucking hated his, him. Yeah, he hated his, his fair. The, the stepdad, I would say, was more, um, I read it as, like, fatigued from a battle lost. Right. Like, and, like, perhaps an inconvenience, because it's not his. Yeah, you know? and, like, yeah, and that'll always be kind of ascribed to but the stepdad. But if, like, stepdad. your actual biological sister is, like, there's nothing good about this person, yeah. that makes you question who they were. But also, that's a young person, and... God, my takes when I was young. <laughs> my... Uh, the fucking Metallica was the best band in the world. No offense to Metallica fans. Um, you start to see the bedrooms. Zoe plays a Dan Electro, which is the guitar that Phoebe Bridgers uh, unsuccess- uh, uh, tried to smash. Tried to smash. Unsuccessfully smashed. Uh, they give Zoe a song, which is about her thoughts on everything. And her perspective is super important because, as you said, like this is the sister of this person, and she hated him. And... I can't tell you a thing that is conveyed in that song no, because there is so no much idea. reckless driving that happens in that scene. I, she's the, the I, whole scene. I couldn't she's hear like a single driving thing. and closing her eyes and like swerving off the road. Were you freaking I, out the I, whole time? I, like, I did not understand a single thing that was said. You're just like, don't die. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Okay. It was, Bad job movie. It was, uh, it was Perks of Being Wallflower. Them driving with a uh, head out the window, except there's no David Bowie. Yeah, you, you're like... Is don't don't die, don't die. And then right, the song yeah. ends. I'm like, okay, everybody's she's by okay. Herself. Yeah. yeah, my God, I'm sure it was lovely. I, but I have no idea what she said. There's an LOL moment where Zoe comes over to basically tell Evan she likes him, and he's like getting more comfortable talking to her. And uh, she, he makes fun of her for being rich. He's talking about how his mom works all the time because they're poor. He doesn't have a dad. Uh, he says. My mom always says it's better to be rich than poor. And she says, well, your mom's probably never been rich. And your parents have never been poor. And he shoots back, yeah, well, you've probably never been poor. And that might be the best moment of the movie. Because I, I didn't think that was like any sort of like unforgivable day. No, no, no. It wasn't like a major burn or whatever. Right. But it was just like, so, like it was him like speaking humanly for a second. Yeah, but like, she, but like what if you say to somebody like your mom has never been rich? Yeah. Okay, your mom's never been poor. Right. That's like an exact equal burn. Yes. And it's it's turned into like, how could you ever say that? Yeah, it's taken as like, ooh, wow, Evan really went there. (laughs) Yeah, it's like... But I took it more as like, I'm glad Evan went somewhere. I mean, same. That's like the first time he speaks. But like, Evan treats it as like, how could I ever say that about you? Well, she just said your mom has never been rich. Yeah. 
So then they sing a song called If I Could Tell Her that rocks. I get some of these songs confused. I think If I Could Tell Her, one of these songs, they sing a couple songs together, but one of them has such a fucking professional pre-chorus that I was just like, mm, dear Evan Hansen, you guys are fucking doing it for me. I don't know what it is, but like the, the song where he convinces her that like, he doesn't convince her that like he likes her, but like, the song that convinces her that he likes her. I think it's if I could tell her. It's extremely stalkerish. And like Uh-oh. obviously we know I'll this check, as a viewer yeah. because he's singing it as like what uh Connor has told him about the sister. Oh. So like he's like I I see all like the little things that you do and he names them because like she's asking him what has he told you about me? Yeah. And he names very, like, very subtle things or, like, very, very small things that you wouldn't know unless you were staring at somebody intently for a long period of time. It's very uncomfortable. What do you think of the song? I've never asked your take on this. This is, like, a very good, like, this is a good icebreaker. Folks, if you're ever on, like, a first date, throw this out there. What are your thoughts on the police song? I'll be watching. I'll be watching you. It's fucking creepy. I think it's a one of the most beautiful songs it's ever. Creepy, and it's so creepy. It's, it's creepy so dark. As it, hell. But like, I think like part of its beauty is how dark, how obsessed it somebody is. is with somebody. This is all like, like I've never felt the perspective of the protagonist in this song, but like. I think it's like a lot of like art is really dark and and weird and creepy, but like the for whatever reason, the music combined with those lyrics, which are very creepy, it's creepy. I think is like I think it's like I think it's a brilliant song. It's creepy, and I think like it's obviously like if you're to boil it down, like it's wrong and everything. That's why like Alex Cameron, he has a lot of lyrics that like are from the perspective of somebody who is clearly incorrect. Like the chorus of that song is, Oh, can't you see you belong to me? And this is seemingly being sung from somebody who like, you don't have a relationship who with like person. does it, who doesn't yeah. know a person, yeah. you know, saying like, why don't you understand that you belong to me again? Like it's, it's creepy. It's scary so I, and everything. I got but, that sort of sense from this song to Caitlin Devers wow. from Evan Hansen and I was like this is fucking weird man like it's fucking weird <laughs> Evan man you pulled Espe- some shit I but mean, especially because he's presenting it as like his uh, her brother's observations about her yeah but it's his own right from like stalking her basically so the lie that Evan finds himself in is beginning to grow so like Alana is the uh, would it be kind of like golden child of right. the the town who is like class president class president in every club like straight A's type of thing and she and, comes and that's the entire point for Evan is like she's in every club she's in every circle right. she has like a hand in everything she's like everything that he probably wishes he right. could be if he didn't have these because like he, walls he wants to be involved with something and she's involved with fucking everything yeah and she's like she's so cool and she's like probably doesn't have many enemies and she comes to him and she says hey I want to start this foundation 
in Connor's memory because this means a lot to me because it uh, will bring a lot of attention to people like us. And this is where Evan, God bless him, (laughs) doesn't understand. (laughs) Again, like we're all kind of learning things on the fly here. He doesn't understand that a pretty person who keeps themselves busy and does a lot of stuff and tries their hardest could possibly have any sort of depression. But I also, I I questioned, because she brings up this conversation and she just like assumes that he has depression and anxiety. Yeah, Yeah, she she does. She's like, what are you on? She really does. She's like, what are you on? And it's like, I was like, is that okay? Are you like I wouldn't ask that. Right. Yeah. Like uh, like are you are you walking, They're kids though. Are you walking with somebody being like what do you want? Yeah. And being like people like us knowing that like you are a depressed person who is on anxiety oh, yeah. and depression medication. Are you just like throwing that out there being like you're like me. I know you're like me. Yeah. Just based on the way that they act. Yeah. That seems weird to I'd me. I'd feel tough about that. I mean, I have like a pretty um you might think if you I were have like, a good radar, yeah. but what if you're wrong? Yeah. And I don't know, if somebody were, it, it depends on like how well I know the person that if they were like, hey, what are you on? It's like, ah, uh, I don't know how deep I want to get into like why I was on this and why I got off this. And like, and, especially Evan Hansen, who seems like he does not want to talk about anything. Like, yeah. maybe if it was somebody who would like, is seemingly eager to talk about everything. Right. So that was a that was one I wrote down in my notes. I was like, is it okay to just like assume that somebody else is depressed and then like has anxiety? I'd be I'm sure at some point, maybe in my like early 20s, maybe I would do something like that. Just be like, hey, like what? Like just assume something about somebody. Yeah. (laughs) And obviously that's something that you kind of have to handle a bit uh, delicately. It was at this point when they're having this conversation, they're sitting on the, are they sitting on the swings? Yeah. It's really quiet. It's at this point when it's so quiet that I realize Malignant is playing in the theater next to me because I keep hearing. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Oh my God. I did not get to this part because I watched it at home. I'm sorry. Oh my God. I was like, this was such an overwhelming, this was a really, really sensor, sensory uh, overload. Um, but I need, to, I need to get to the next point because, uh, like, this is really when the movie took a turn for me, is when Evan, he, Evan Hansen becomes a viral star. It gets into shattered glass territory where it they're like, fucking, you lied and you're the best because you lied. It is fucking crazy. Uh, he eventually, like, agrees to do... Uh, he eventually, like, agrees to give a speech about He's this bullied kid. bullied into giving a speech. Not bullied, but, like, he, he develops enough of a friendship with Alana... Yeah. ...that, like, Alana cares enough about this, like, presentation that he's like, okay, I will give a speech. Alana does bring him up. She brings him down, but, like, she brings him up and she gives him a lot of confidence. Right. And Alana she- and the family of Connor make him start to believe in himself, which also kind of distances himself from his mom. They, but like, manipulate him, but, like, not, not in, like, a malicious way. Not maliciously, way. no. Yeah. So, so, like, he gives this, uh, this speech 
at uh, the assembly to remember Connor. And, like, it's the most uncomfortable scene of the entire movie, which I, in a way, is intentional, but it is, like, milked so hard that, it, like, you cannot believe that, even if it was intentional, like, how long it lasts turns out to be so fucking painful. Yes. That you're like, there's, even if like these people wanted to hear what he had to say, they would have been so fucking mean to him by this point. Yeah. They ask him to speak at this thing. And he says like, I I can't because he's physically unable to do this. He like knocks over the microphone and it, it, like there is a scene of him on all fours that lasts probably like three minutes. Yeah, facing a bunch, facing an auditorium full of kids who take out their cell phones and start recording him because they think it's very embarrassing. And that's where I'm like, you know what? Recent movies are confusing me. Are kids good these days or not? Because I felt very good watching Good Boys because they talk about, oh, she's never going to like me. That other kid is nicer than me. And I'm like, good. Gillette commercial, let's fucking go. And... This was a lot more kind of like my experience in high school, which is like they are waiting for the second you don't have it right to say this kid don't have it right. So he's up there in the worst moment of his life on all fours, like trying to pick up microphones, like not speaking, just staring uncomfortably into like the abyss. Yeah. And nobody's saying anything. It's just like they're filming him, and it's just so fucking awkward. It made me really hate you. You brought this up recently to me off the podcast of like, do you think that every generation, do you think that every time thinks it's the worst time to be alive? And that's like a, man, I I think the answer is yes. Um, But like, man, the idea that's, that people react to someone being in a bad place by being like, ooh, we can post this, this and yeah. like, get some laughs off is really harsh. Um, and it's tough, and like it lasts a long time. And then he breaks into song, and this is the first time in the entire movie that he breaks into song, and it is like acknowledged that he's, he's singing. singing yes. That he's singing. So it's fucking... So that part is fucking weird. And it's just like he becomes a viral sensation for like the way that he reacts to a like an awkward moment because he is an awkward person and like yeah. has social anxiety and he becomes a viral star. And like him becoming a viral star has no real impact on the story of the movie. Like, it's just him becoming a viral star just for the sake of that becoming a plot point. Yeah. It does... There's nothing in the movie that changes because he's viral. The only thing I would say is it raises the stakes of the lie. It just makes, like, the lie... It it, it puts the lie on a... 
on a grander stage. But like, it's but like, like it's it's but, gone but, from but like you a do, you and but, me lie to like a Good Morning America but, lie. But you could do that with like the entire school loving him. Yes, exactly. rather than him becoming like a viral star, they're like, oh, you're on YouTube everywhere. Like you're on Good Morning America and shit like that. And I think that realistically. With how the world works these days, like we live in a very Olivia Rodrigo type of world where what would logically happen next is he gets a record deal, goodbye Zoe and family, and that's just like the end of the story. And now he's like the new Sam Smith or some shit right. like that. But even, but even like on the opposite of that, like nobody really fucking cares outside of the high school. Like high school is clicky enough that like if you do something cool inside oh, the high yeah. school... You're, You're Mick Jagger. Yeah. yeah, right. <laughs> Why do you need to be a fucking star on YouTube? Because, like, that that only lasts... That's only a plot point for, like, five minutes. Okay, so I feel like I know your answer to this, but did you cry during that scene? Because I did. No, <laughs> I did not. I can tell that, like, you're very anti this scene, but when that scene, when that song is being spread everywhere, I mean, and it's a great the dad song goes and home. And yeah, it's really nice. There's a scene where the stepdad is at work, and, like, the only thing that we know about this dad is that, like, he's a nice enough guy, uh, and he makes a lot of money, and he sees this video, and it's getting spread everywhere, and he just, like, closes his laptop at work and says to his secretary, like, I'm going home. And he goes home and hugs Amy Adams. A big thing with Amy Adams' character is that she is just, like, this... And this is, like, a classic, like, Americana character where it's, like, this probably wonderful, capable person who is just a... And I'd say just, in air quotes, like, a housewife or husband who stays home and raises the family and does things to keep them busy in the, in the, in the meantime. And when he comes home and is just like, I need a fucking day to think about my fucking dead kid. I was I'll t- like, I, I do not say this. Lightly. It was I was sad. Bawling. It was I was sad. like really crying and I'm a very tough cry. It was sad, but I was just like, what the fuck? Like, I, at that point, I was like confused enough to be like, "This is ruining my time." <laughs> yeah, I love the idea that like we both saw this, and like me, who I don't like cynicism, but I understand that I'm probably guilty of a lot of it, was just like, "I am no match for this," and you're watching, and you're like. Fuck this! I have a lot of fucking questions that I hope can get answered pretty soon. <laughs> um, the whole time I'm thinking, like, it's very convenient that Julianne Moore isn't paying attention to any of this because she could blow this up oh, in one second. And, like, seemingly immediately puts, her, puts herself in position to do it multiple times. She shows up out of nowhere. Oh, the at, scene at the... At yeah. the... At Connor's family's house. Connor's family's house where, like, she just shows up uh, and... He's there. He's having like a good time and everything. Like he and Zoe are yucking it up. They walk in and he walks in and they're all sitting there. The two parents of Connor and his mom. And I was like 80% positive. He was going to be like, mom, I fuck up my grift. And I thought that, I thought that like the, the big determining moment would be like, her being like, oh, you didn't actually know Connor because you yeah. told me that. Yeah. But the big determining moment was them offering Connor like, 
or not Connor. Evan, yeah, they o- say offering uh, Evan like one hundred and eighty thousand dollars. Baby, take it. Yeah, every time. Hey, anybody out there, if you want to offer either of us one hundred eighty thousand dollars, this is the brunch promise. We'll we take are it. guaranteed to take it. Please give us the scholarship. In fact, make it fun. Offer also, only one of us $180,000. Also, but the way that they did it was super weird because uh, because they, like, talked about it being a quote-unquote scholarship. And then they talked to uh, Evan's mom being like, we just want to make sure Evan gets through college. Yeah. Being like, we know you can't pay for yeah, his college. More... I think at that point, like, Julianne Moore kind of breaks from the script. And she's like... like I'm going to act my balls I'm an off adult. right here. Like, yeah. are you fucking kidding me? Who do you think you're fucking talking to? They talk about, like, the scholarship. If yeah. they even presented it as, like, we would like to establish the Connor Murphy scholarship yeah. for, like, any person that's going through a hard time. And, hey, guess what? We, yeah. we think that, like, hey, one of his, his only friend yeah. would be the best first recipient what do you think about that? Right. Instead, they presented it as like, hey, we've heard you What's don't up, have any boy? money. Yeah. <laughs> we've heard you don't have any money. You want us to pay for his scholarship? So you're poor, pathetic. <laughs> uh, do you want any money? Uh, at this point, by the way, Evan and Zoe are dating. And it's like, that was such, it's such a classic, like, boy and girl both like each other. And one of them has to make a move kind of thing and predictably Zoe is the one that that makes the move but I was kind of like sweating through that scene a little cringy oh definitely cringy I mean like a lot of it's cringy but, that, I mean, but like that's if we were to, to be see our own high school scenes yeah, oh, yeah. we would cringe like fucking crazy um so I think more cringeworthy is the fact that uh like the school the quote-unquote school club that's established for Connor's Memory, yeah, somehow suddenly turns into like a orchard restoration project. Yeah, so they, they pitch they pitch like the project for Connor Murphy being like, if there's anybody in this high school that is struggling with mental illness, yeah, we would love to provide them health in any any way possible. And then all of a sudden, the next day, it's like, okay. So we have to put together this orchard or else Connor's memory doesn't matter. Yes. Yeah, so, so, so there's this big like orchard project. And to anybody, if you've seen the show Hacks or our Pete Blackburn, you're familiar with Waltham, Massachusetts. Did it not remind you at all of like the Walden Woods project? I don't know the Walden Woods project. Okay. So is it uh, Henry David Thoreau, I think? wrote a lot about Walden the, Pond about Walden Pond and yeah. like the Walden Woods and everything and they were going I believe I'm going to fuck this up um, they were going to get rid of it and Eagles drummer and lead singer Don Henley was like oh no the fuck you aren't and Don Henley I can't believe you don't know this I didn't learn this till like five years ago Don Henley, like late eighties, early nineties, started this like big thing about like Walden Pond and Walden Woods is like going to stay. And the reason all those things exist is because Don Henley, you, dude, it's mind blowing. I looked it up one day and was like, well, cause I, I went to Walden Pond when I was a kid, and I was like, nothing what cool. The f- yeah. yeah, it's like fine, but it's I was a like, pond. Don Henley like spent his prime years. So, like, the Eagles broke up in, I think, 
1980. It's like Don Henley spent like a lot of years. He could have been making a lot of money. Like his voice was still going strong and he was focused on Walt M. Yeah, fucking look it up. But they do that type of thing where like it's all about this orchard and it's in Connor's memory. Alana, though, gets so invested in it that she realizes a fun fact about all this, which is that Evan is Dave Chappelle's voice. <laughs> Clearly lying. And she confronts him about it, and he gets very Stephen Glass on her, doubles down, gives her the letter that he wrote to himself, the initial letter that nobody had ever seen before outside of the family, and he was like, if I'm making it up, then what's this? And she's like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. She then posts it on Instagram to try to solicit more donations. donations. And this letter, by the way, is like a lot about Zoe and a lot about Connor's family and paints them in a not great light when you view it through the prism of somebody who just fucking killed themselves. Is it? it, But... So here's the thing. I don't know if I paid enough attention, but, like, is it a lot about Connor's family? Because he doesn't know anything about Connor's family. No, or no. Or is it about his own family? It's, it's more, like, kind of hypothetical stuff, but people who see it and then know that... It, I, I think that it kind of took the leap of... Which is not an unfair leap. I feel this way very strongly. Like, I think that in, a, in years, we're going to look back on this time and think that we were a lot crueler than we thought we were being. And people see this and they were like, fuck that family. I can't. Oh, yeah. bu- and like people, like there are comments of like, the, I, I mean, understand why he took his so, life. Like yeah, horrible. Yeah. So like I, one of my big notes was like, why the fuck did so many people turn on the parents of a kid who killed himself with such little. Because they see a letter that's written from somebody who's experiencing such but despair. But even still. And that's like, Evan, not Connor. But even still. Yeah. You would have to have, like, the worst community of all time. Yeah. For, like, these people to be like, fuck. Fuck the parents. Right. So it all comes crashing down because this paints the family in a bad light. It mortifies Zoe. So Evan is like, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. I lied. I made a lot of this up. And Evan becomes ostracized. And then, again, like this is the part where he really starts singing a lot more. Like he's really focusing on his music. And it is like, these are like my favorite songs. This is like the kind of like father, this is like the God's favorite customer <laughs> stage of Dear Evan Sounds Hansen. right. He's the like, more depressed somebody gets and the yeah. more desperate they get, yeah. the better DJ likes them. Yeah, I'm like, oh... Sing it, hey, Sing it King. That one back? <laughs> Ooh, not hating that song at all. Uh, so these are my kind of songs. It's also revealed during this that, and I can't believe I didn't see this coming. He fell out of the tree because he was attempting suicide. I did. I did. You know saw that, that coming. I knew that. I did not immediately. By the way, I spilled beer, and like your your computer just like soaking in beer. <laughs> I mean, the, the, I, I can't lie. It is. <laughs> it I'm going to move it. literally soaking in beer. Hold on. Do I get... Hold on. Less wet now. Oh, yeah. Darkest part of the conversation, accompanied by a beer spill. <laughs> You'll love to see it. 
what we so we were talking about Evan O trying to tee his OL as his as the step parents would say. Tee his OL? Take his own life. Oh yes, that's true. Yes. That's such weird phrasing. It was so like so that that conversation made me more uncomfortable than maybe any point in the movie. And that's like relatively early. It's uh, super early and like they buried the lead like crazy. They were like, we love you. We know that you're fucking, uh, we know that you're Connor's friend. Here's a note that he left. Also, by the way, he killed himself yesterday. Yes. Awful. <laughs> so Evan admits like, I made this up. It's a whole thing. He gets ostracized and, uh, eventually he starts looking up more information about Connor, the books he liked asking people, who knew him, what he was like, so he can properly honor the kid. And he starts feeling better about himself. And within a few minutes, he's kind of in a good mood. And I was watching this. Like, I don't know how you feel. I was like, he's getting like a little blase about like the he severity did, of what he did. He did some fucked up shit. And then like, he immediately wrote it off with like very <laughs> minimal, very minimal effort. Things. Yes. Right. Didn't he? I, I, I agree with you, but I also think that like the things that he did that were quote unquote fucked up were in good intentions. Like, yeah, he, and I, he like, was and pushed into them, they, and then, like, once he was in it, that world... It's made very clear that he did not want to get to the point where he got and had to, like, apologize. Right. So, like, I, I sympathize for him for that, but the, the recovery process for him seemed a little bit too easy. A little quick. Like, he's yes. at graduation, and he's, like, yucking it up, and I'm like, I know that, like, you need pictures of yourself smiling at graduation, I understand that, but, like, dude, like, reel it in. Like, you are kind of, and, again, like, it sucks. Like, you, you've had a, this has been a terrible experience for you. You didn't enjoy this either. Right. But, like, you can't have people seeing you smiling this much. Uh, he ends up at the orchard with Zoe, who has Millie Bobby Brown, hashtag, I dump your ass. Is that what she says? I dump your ass. And... She says, we used to go here all the time. Connor loved it. And he says, with a laugh, this is my first time. After he did all those fucking songs about how they would go there all the time. And I'm like, dude, can you let somebody else make a joke about this? Can you let somebody else make a joke about this before you do? I thought that was hilarious. <laughs> I thought it you was like great. When we, when we were talking about the laughs earlier, like, this was like a guy uh, That nailed it for me. <laughs> yeah. I was upset he didn't make more jokes during this because he's clearly a very, very funny I guy. I thought that was incredible. So it ends with him at the orchard by himself, which has now been dedicated to Connor. And man... And, and, uh, and Caitlin, or uh, what's her name? Zoe. Zoe as being like... I wish we had met at any different time. I wish we had met, like, now. Yeah. Because I like you, but I can't, like, I can't erase the things that you had said and yeah. lied about and things like that. That is, like, the most heartbreaking to me. Yeah, no, I believe to, no, in that. And, no, I believe, I believe it for sure, but, like, that's the most heartbreaking to me. That's the most believable thing to me is, like, you meet somebody at the wrong possible time and, like, they are the perfect person for you, but, like circumstances make it impossible for you to like be together and that 
fucking sucks. Yeah. I don't know. I hope that Evan finds somebody else. Same. I assume I, that he, I, I think that like I Zoe gave him the, some confidence. The story is that like he now has the, the like the like the the gumption, I guess, to right. go for so, it for again. Do you th- so do you think Evan's a bad guy? I don't. No. Yeah. Definitely not. I I, I think that he, that's he had good intentions and like he didn't want to fuck up. Not even, I don't even think that it was like he didn't want to fuck up, but like he wanted to make sure that somebody else's life meant something to the people that actually cared about that person, yeah. even if it was kind of a lie. Imagine your first social experience, like legitimately, like first social experience being that. And imagine being in a place where your only opportunity to feel heard or feel seen. To be something like that, where like that kid needed so badly anything to like kind of water his plant. Even if it wasn't like that, though, like even if it wasn't like, even if I wasn't like crazy, um, like struggling with social anxiety, a kid that like doesn't have any connection with anybody in the high school, yeah. and their parents are so desperate to like find meaning for this kid's yeah. life. And they find it, like, are you going to take that away from them? So that's a you big know? driver of this movie. Like, Amy Adams' character, and she, I think that she's great in this, is, like, she just so badly, badly wants needs... to believe that he had, like, right. some, he meant something to somebody. Because, like, she believes in her kid, and, like, I don't know this kid, but, like, I believe in the kid, too. Like, it's, like, fucking, it, it's right. incorrect that this and, kid's dead now. And, and like, the way that Evan Hansen was, was telling the story changed the way that his sister looked at him. Yeah. It changed the way that it, her, uh, his stepdad looked at him. If, he, I was in the, if I was in that position, I would be like, is it in my position to tell somebody, even if I, like, love them, the girl or the stepdad is in my position to tell them that like my quote unquote lie changed the way that they felt about somebody. Yeah. It changed the way that they looked at a situation. Is it wrong? Because I told a lie to get there, you know? Yeah. I mean, they, they had, obviously they had such a, bad experience in the years leading up to that that but maybe it was just because it, they were misunderstood yeah oh god yeah like maybe I mean, connor yeah was misunderstood i mean i initially like when zoe hated connor i definitely understood the perspective of somebody who and this is a weird thing like i'm i'm kind of like a like a silent champion of people who are around people with mental health issues who have a hard time being around that like that's also part of the story like definitely it's tough to be around somebody who has such a bad time and i have apologized to people in the past where i've been like don't fucking feel bad because this is a fucking lot for you you know right like so when zoe is saying that like she hates her brother i'm like maybe maybe she does maybe she doesn't but like I can I see where she's coming from, but, but I also see where Evans coming from when he like tells a story 
and she yeah. and she thinks about her brother differently. Yes, he's like, how can I make this good? Like he kind of right. he saves this community. He gives he gives this kid life, even though it's like a lie from his point of view. Yeah, he's giving this kid life. Yeah, and I feel like there's value there. Yeah, I'll it tell you. Yeah, I don't. I don't dislike Evan Hansen. I I'm don't. just gonna fucking say I, it. I, I don't. Th- I don't think he's a bad kid. And and also like, all right. So the we have to discuss the brunch score. Yes, the brunch score is thirty thirty three percent Rotten Tomato, ninety percent uh, audience score. I am way closer to the audience score than the brunch score. Yes, I'm like a I'm like a eighty eight or something. I don't know. I don't if I'm know that if I'm high. high. Yeah, I'm yeah, like yeah. middle eighties, low eighties. Yeah. I thought that it was a perfectly fine movie. And yeah, I, like, I don't have any. Uh, I don't have any um, like frame of reference for the play or whatever. But like watching this movie, there was never a second where I was like, I'm not having a good time. Right. It's. I'm gonna it's, bang the soundtrack. It's uncomfortable, but like in the way that it's supposed to be, and uh, like. It's a preposterous plot, but like, <laughs> based on what's on paper, I think it's a very, very good movie presented as such. I'll tell you what, like, if plays were as insane as this, and like, I'd my, see my, them my more. biggest, yeah, my biggest, we talked about this the other day, like, I think that my biggest uh, pop culture blind spot is plays. I don't know any plays, I don't know anything about that, and that stinks because. I'm sure I would love musical theater, but I've just, I think it honestly boils down to I've never lived in New York, but I really, really liked this. And I, if plays were as challenging and had plots like this, like you and I are going to hit stop on this. We're going to hang out for a little bit later where it's Monday night. We're watching, we're doing this on Monday night. We're going to go watch the football game. We'll probably keep talking about this. We'll talk about it for a long time. Yeah. And I love that. Like, I love the type of shit that keeps you thinking. And especially, like, with this, where some stuff might hit a little close to home. And there are obviously certain things, like, fucking Ben Platt. Too old. That motherfucker looks 35. Get out a bunch of old pregnant girls running around. That motherfucker (laughs) is not lying about just being friends with this guy. He's doing Botox after school. Yeah, like... (laughs) What What if he was, like... Oh yeah, like yeah, yeah. Sure, we were friends. She was like, "Why was he friends with like a super old guy?" He's like, "I was his parole officer." I also thought it was funny, like when he's singing the song about like how they were friends. He's like, because uh, he doesn't know anything about this kid, and he's like, uh, "We would talk about this or girls. We would hope would notice us." And like, I wanted one of the parents to be like, "Notices you because you're like you're sixty, what? like." His, he was in treatment for sex addiction. He famously had sex with every one of his female classmates. <laughs> what are you talking... Wait. Wait a second. Have you met him? And then, like, if it just ended right there, it would have saved a lot of heartbreak. I guess it would have accelerated heartbreak for Amy Adams' character, <laughs> but... Yeah. Dude, I don't know. Just fucking watch the movie. It's a fucking it's, it's dark pretty time. It's a good movie, honestly. It, I liked it. All right. And also go to Idle Hands, because... The beers yes. do do a good job. They they do be beer. 